I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Trigger warning for discussions of child abuse. Someplace underneath. How you doing today, Amber? I'm good. I'm scrolling through social media, just looking at words and pictures, you know, so much that it's like a mush. It's a stew that has no flavor, right? Just all these ingredients. I don't know what's going like on. Like a gruel? Like a gruel. That's what social media is. It's a gruel of ideas. <laughs> um, well, does it sustain you? No. It's like chips. You're like hungry five seconds later. And it's, I don't like chips because you just keep eating, eating, eating. And I'm like hungry five seconds later. I've done nothing. I eat a lot of chips, I'll tell you. Sometimes my whole dinner is chips and salsa. What? Oh, chips and salsa is a different level. Like, I'm talking like Doritos. Chips and salsa, I feel like it's vegetables in there. Yeah, Corn. yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's sustenance. Corn, tomatoes, full meal. Salt. There you go. Salt. Yeah, I like. I don't like sweets. I think because I drink alcohol, which is already sugar. Yeah. So if I had more sugar, I might as well just be like dumping ice cream all over my body like a wet t-shirt contest. Uh, welcome someplace underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And also one time I got into a jello match when I was drunk in bikini jello match. Dude, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> Once, no, it wasn't jello. It was um, baby oil. Baby oil. Mm -hmm. Very sexy. <laughs> I'm getting turned on. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was after a punk show. I think it was after Agnostic Front or... What show was that? Oh, and all these boys were like, "Yeah, the girls." The yeah, it was wrestling. four of us. Were, four of the four of us just decided we wanted to do that. I had a boyfriend at the time; he was not pleased. No, I was probably like nineteen, and uh, yeah, we had a huge wrestling match on the back porch of somebody's house, and it was hilarious. I love it. Was he like thirty-five and be like, yeah, "Why is my nineteen-year-old girlfriend acting like a nineteen-year-old girl?" He was older. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he was. Yes. Um, Unhappy, but that that boyfriend wasn't uh, abusive. He was just sad. So there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a strange, confusing. I guess the polite term would be shit show. Yes. Uh, of a uh, a case because it's guess. also on social media. Like this is when I was scrolling through this, it was just like a chaos of ideas. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um. I didn't do any segue between the the wrestling and the uh, 
the story because I can't, I don't know. I can't bl- put them together. Let's Sometimes see. Sometimes you don't need a segue. Uh, I was slippery during that wrestling match, but you know what else can be slippery? Parents sometimes, emotionally. <laughs> this is such a, uh, I really, I, I thought long and hard about doing this episode or these episodes. I wouldn't have, I didn't want to discuss this story, this case, to be honest. The child at the center of that has been exploited so much over the last year. It's gross. I have so many mixed feelings about everything that's surrounding it. But now that this young girl is considered a missing person by the state of Texas, I am doing this in the hopes that if we get the story out and now unfortunately show her face, that she can be found and then put in by, you know, the court standards put into a safe home and that that's safe. And then we can never hear about her again. She can remain private like a child should be and, you know, never hear from her unless it, as an adult, she wants to talk about it. Yeah. Never look at children. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just don't. Not, even if you're on the street, just don't even glance at them. Don't memorize anyone's face if they're under 18 because they deserve the privacy. Yeah. Go play in a sandbox. Be a kid. Pick your butt. Pick your nose. I don't want to look, you know, do whatever. Go get lost in the woods. Pick your friend's nose. Yeah. You can pick your friend's nose. Do some dumb shit. Yeah. And have a, you know, youth (laughs) and innocence of time. So she, who we're going to be talking about, I'm going to be using her name sparingly. We will talk about her because she is now missing. But I mostly want to focus on her parents, specifically her father. Yeah. And if you see them, don't approach them. Just call the police. Yes. And I'll give you all the information for that. So let's get into the story a little bit here. We're going to be talking basically about the maddeningly frustrating story of the Long family. This is a situation that is part of a larger, what I would consider a problem which is monetizing your children. Oh, yeah. Child actors should be illegal. What do you mean? It should be like Shakespeare, how they they didn't have women, they had men in wigs. Just have like an adult in a wig and just be like, I'm a baby. I volunteer (laughs) to do that. I will play babies for for everyone. I will play on baby's day. I'll I'll be the baby. (laughs) I like my lollipop. Oh, that sounds, you know what? I take it back because that sounds creepy. (laughs) That that does. That That certainly does. (laughs) But yeah, so... On those kind of sets that you're referring to, that is the best case scenario for children actors. As we'll talk about in a minute, the children of YouTube and uh, also reality television have next to no protection because their parents basically decide what is okay and what is acceptable. And a lot of times parents are dumb. So this is almost a wild swing in the opposite direction of the high control religion stuff we've been talking about, where the kids are completely hidden from society. This is like the other end of the spectrum where they go, no, look at every aspect of my child's life and pay me. It should be somewhere in the middle. Like you should be able to go to the mall and get your picture taken at a Ross, right? Or Marshall. What are they? Where's that picture place? We had a JCPenney's. JCPenney's. Something called Kaufman's. Yes. And like put on a cute little dress, a little bow, get your picture done. Like that's fine. Not cameras in your house and not hidden in a bomb shelter. 
Yeah. Can we just, again, let's just choose the middle somewhere. Can't people just choose the middle? Um, <laughs> even though some of these families that do do YouTube are parts of high control religion, it's very niche. Um, they do touch tips occasionally. For example, some of the biggest family channels out there market themselves as Christian or Mormon. But it's, to me, always feels a little um, performative, like it's a brand identity. Mm. Uh, but family vlogs are wildly popular and have only grown in popularity over COVID because like, people are desperate to see other Happy humans. people. Yeah. Who watches these things? Like, because other families, I don't think, because they had their own kids to deal with. I'm not watching somebody else's family. That's creepy. I've watched a few specialists discuss it and... I don't have statistics or anything, but partly I think it is what they've said is young kids watch it because they get obsessed with the parents and the families. And some of them probably don't experience oh. love or don't have a lot of money. They want a mommy to hold them. Yeah. That makes me so sad. Yeah, it sucks. And then, you know, pedophiles. and Yes. Um, we market to pedophiles. And yeah, just something, you know, probably some normal people in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. So there's a lot of theories and there's a lot of uh, you can go through statistics and stuff and there's some specials who will talk about it. But I get that because it's sort of an idealized fantasy world, sort of the way Full House was mm -hmm. able to lull you into this fake perfection of like, you know, troubleless Aryan children that yeah. is supposed to be like some ideal or something. Oh, I used to love Full House. Oh, my parents obsessed. were like screaming at each other in the background. <laughs> uh, for sure. Just turn up the volume on Tanner. <laughs> yeah. And they just all hug each other at the end of every, there's no real problems <laughs> and everybody's got cool outfits and nobody needs money. Yeah. No one's um, hungry. No. Got a super hot uncle living in the house. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they sort of, a lot of these family channels sort of copy that model, except they're using their real families in their real homes. So, you know, that's not exactly the same as Full House. If it's not clear, I hate these channels. I think that they're terrible. I don't know if hate's the right word. I guess I would say I'm unsettled by them. This is a whole world that I didn't fully know existed. But over time, I've learned about this. And it is an even less regulated version of reality TV. Ew. So before you can even wrap your head around this terrible case we're going to be talking about, you have to understand the phenomenon that is exploiting your kids' lives for money. I can't imagine doing that. No. And in this really weird way, it's like these kids are missing in a different way where they are become characters, but the kids themselves have no consent yeah. for these things. And most people listening would be like, who could exploit their children? Some people can, and we'll talk about that daddy who did. Yeah. So again, I'm coming from, I'm going to openly tell you, I'm coming from a biased viewpoint. I want to be clear. I don't like these channels. I don't think that they're good or healthy or okay. I don't even think they should be legal technically. No. Of course, parents have always exploited their kids for gain in different ways. And I don't mean all parents, of course, but there's a spectrum of different levels that you can, you know, make money from your kids, including like all the way back to the Judy Garland vaudeville days and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Judy Garland had talent and pizzazz. Oh, yeah. I'm sort of glad her mom exploited her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad too. Thanks. Thanks, shitty mom. Yeah, whoever that mom was, she must have been crazy. 
I forget her name, but Judy Garland's real name is Frances Gum. Oh, yeah. Change that name. Yeah. Frances Gum is maybe not a vaudevillian type name. <laughs> Judy Garland is great. And um, then we get, like you know, Liza Minnelli out of it, too. So Yeah, look at that. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these YouTuber channels should just keep going. <laughs> Social media, however, has created this new beast where unlike mainstream film sets where kids are protected under certain laws and union rules, YouTube and reality TV do not apply these same restrictions. With the illusion of it being a quote-unquote documentary, which I would use the SpongeBob lettering for, regardless of the fact that 99% of reality TV and family vlogging is completely cultivated and requires hours of work yeah. and production. Timmy, and stop crying. Mom's baking a cake and we're going to get cameras over here and you come over here. <laughs> Timmy I, needs to cry. I almost wish they would. Although, no, the Duggars hit all that stuff and that's not good either. But the fact that they do show their kids going through like emotional trauma is also really fucking weird. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. And oh, well, I, I want to follow your tempo, but when I saw the video of the girl, yeah. my heart, it really makes you think like, I can't rely on my, I'm re, don't, rely on your emotions, but don't like take your actions off your emotions. Cause I saw the video of this little girl crying and I, I had to stop what I was doing. Yeah, It's heartbreaking. It's something that sometimes, and I'm not saying in this circumstance or anyone specifically, but sometimes adults can use those sorts of things to elicit an immediate emotional reaction. Yeah, they knew. He knew it was going to go on. And it makes the money. Yeah. So, Especially women. Like, I, I I hear a little girl cry. My uterus does a backflip. It just, like, is, what is going on? Fix it. Yeah. And he knows that, like, women are going to see this, give him money, and throw him pussy. Yeah. In this circumstance, we're going to be talking about the perpetrator is... Who allegedly who I consider the perpetrator is a, a guy, but a lot of the YouTube channels are run by the mothers, oh. which is also another whole level of fucked up. Yeah, but. you birthed this child, you put it to your breast, and then you're yeah, like, all right, get for the, money. the powder and the makeup in here. Do you know how expensive it is to raise a child? This child better be tap dancing by the time they're two. I mean, I, I can see it. Yeah, it is expensive to raise a child. And you could just be like, you know, we can make money. Never mind. <laughs> we need to go ma have babies right now. What are we doing with this fucking show? I take it all back. Um, they so, could be a baby model, though. Baby model. There's a baby and she models. That's my. That's a. That's my. I love it. I can my see theme that song for my show. Chubby baby. Mm. I'm hoping Holden and Lexi are going to get that baby right out there into the modeling world. Oh yeah. Anyway, in this, in this form of reality TV, which is YouTube, it's even less monitored and regulated than reality TV, in which reality TV is not at all. I've worked behind the scenes on them before. It is bad. And it's even worse on YouTube because the discretion is basically left up to the parents with the barring the, the basic, you know, if you're caught murdering your child, you can't do that on YouTube. So... And when many cases, in my opinion, they exercise poor judgment, uh, parenting and doing these things on online. So, for example, 
There was the recent vlogging family who raised hundreds of thousands of dollars vlogging their adoption story, revealing information about this toddler before they had even signed the adoption papers who came from another country, accumulated a rather large following specifically because of their adoption story. And then it was revealed a couple years later that they had given the child away and tried to hide it from the viewers for as long as possible. Like it's a dog at a pound. Yes. They, quote unquote, rehomed him. I hesitate to say, I don't probably, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get them more More views. But if you really want to know, you can Google Lady Gave Away Baby YouTube. You can just Google piece of shit family. Yeah. (laughs) There's also the recent family who posted a really odd, bizarre, sadsy kind of feels emotional video about how their dog they had had for like a decade nipped their toddler like barely and because the kid was in the dog's face and so they had to kill the dog in their house in the house it's i promise you that that brief description does not describe how strange this is even if you're not an animal lover or an animal advocate what they did was so weird and also they are clearly lying in the video, but they just chose to make a video about it and make money off of it, even though you, why would not they understand that everybody would freak out? Maybe just, they just thought they would make a lot of views from it. Because they just had the cameras on them for so long, they forget what reality is. So they're just like, oh, yeah, let's just shoot the dog in the head in the middle of the living room for more clicks on YouTube. That's fine. So they didn't show the dog being killed, but they showed this, they did this photo shoot where they were like sadly hugging the dog and the baby was who was the dog was so dangerous the baby was hugging the dog in the picture and then they just like killed it um people are crazy yeah <laughs> i thought i was crazy i thought i was crazy but you're I'm doing great killing a dog for likes you're doing great amber <laughs> Then there is the family vlogger who has been busted asking teenage girls to do nighttime FaceTimes with him and send flirty messages to little girls who are obsessed with his children. Unclear who I'm talking about. It's because that's multiple dads for multiple channels on YouTube who have been caught. What? Yeah, caught messaging with like, you know, teenage girls who send in DMs being like, I love your babies. And then they start video chatting them and stuff. Because oh, it's all, all an open communication. You can just write a comment on Facebook or YouTube and then they can, they know who you are. And Yeah. And then, you, yeah. So that's happened multiple times. Uh, there I would is, kill him. If he was doing that to my daughter, I don't have a daughter. I'm not even pregnant. Don't even have a boyfriend. But if somebody was doing that to my fictional daughter, I would fictionally, truthfully go to his house and shoot him in the head for likes on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, also... One specifically I'm thinking of was caught a bunch of times and the wife didn't leave and kind of blamed the girls. So that's cool. Uh, There there is also a very popular family channel who accidentally revealed in a video that their eldest son had been sleeping on a beanbag chair in the living room for eight months, had no bedroom, in fact, despite the fact that the family had amassed a fortune from vlogging every moment of his life. His life. Including intimate details of his privacy, along with their other children, including showing their child picking out their first bras, uh, exposing embarrassing health information, um, filming them literally while they're asking to not be filmed while they're upset. That is horrible. What's going to happen to these kids when they're like 18 and out of the house? Are they going to come like secret assassins? Like, you know, they've, they've been so public. They're just like, no one must know. That maybe, or 
But yeah, I mean, traumatized. hopefully they don't want to continue filming their lives. And if they want to, good for them. But I do feel we don't know the long term effects yet because this is a pretty new phenomenon. So we're going to see what happens to these kids in a decade. They're all going to be on Hollywood Boulevard with pink hair being like, look at me. I do my silly dance. Probably one of them's going to be our fucking president. Like, let's not even. <laughs> oh, God. So there are much worse ones than the ones I just listed. It's a long list and they get pretty bad. The one, this one, the one we're going to be talking about, what Michael Long has done, maybe one of the worst I've ever come across. Though he and his family were not YouTube famous beforehand, he has developed a massive following and an extraordinary amount of money based on, and I am sorry, this is uh, very uh, upsetting, but on the alleged uh, sexual abuse of his nine-year-old daughter that she was allegedly facing. It's a lot. And when you look at the video, I mean, I really had to stop everything. And I look at the worst possible stuff online. Like I wake up, I look at a, like pictures of Saddam Hussein getting hung. You right. know what I mean? That's how I wake up in the morning. That's how you smile. That's, That's how, how you... I smile. <laughs> and this, I, I just couldn't. No. It's... You know, he knows what he's doing. and He knows how to manipulate the system. Yeah. It's, we'll get into this. Like it's, it's a lot to take in. So I've kind of compiled this because it is a hot mess specifically because of the way Michael Long has handled all of this. It has become fodder for social media. So I wanted to try to pull together the facts. And again, this is specifically because I want his daughter, Sophie, to be found and protected and then to not know anything about her anymore. Yeah, go be a child. From what I've witnessed over time, what could be considered channel drama on YouTube, of which there is a never-ending supply... It's often conflated with what is kind of considered criminal or at least very near criminal. And they all get sort of mashed together on YouTube and people kind of treat them the same. So there are some real, okay, so there's some really up, there's some real upsides to YouTube. There's actually professionals speaking on their expertise and fun ways for you to learn. I saw a, a, a monkey fart. Yes, exactly. Hilarious animal videos. Yeah. People I find hilarious, people who are thought-provoking, smart, and engaging. But if I spend too long of a time on there, I start to shut down mentally, and I feel exhausted emotionally. Because through the good, there is this constant flow of infighting amongst content creators that feels very high school. And, and it is, a, you know, it also entails like a parasocial relationship. So people who are followers of one get very emotionally involved and there's a lot of doxing. There's a lot of, yeah. you know, people calling CPS on each other. People, it's it's really, really exhausting. And I can't dwell in it too long because yeah. it's it just, it's, it's poisonous in a lot of ways. Misinformation also. Yes. That's a big one. So sometimes there'll be like a, a legitimate case. And like I was looking into this and I was like, wait, I don't know who to believe. And I was right. like, wait a minute. This is YouTube, Amber. This isn't like lawyers. Right. Exactly. So that's the thing about parsing through all of this information and why I'm talking about it here. It's because it's it, it came across so bombastic and so salacious that it got kind of melted into just oh, random YouTube drama. And so it's a mainstream child. media didn't pick this up. And in some ways I'm glad, but also this child is very clearly not safe. Now they so, tried to get Trump involved. 
Through he tried to get media. Taylor Swift. I mean, it is a, tr- is a mess. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Yeah, so because these sort of criminal acts get mixed in with just people mad at each other. It's a stew of gruel. It is a gruel. Again, it's a social gruel. And it's really psychically exhausting to be around it for any amount of time. And I do wonder if most of this began with the monetization of videos. And and though I do feel for some of these adult content creators with the levels of rage and cruelty that are lobbed at them for relatively innocuous things. The children of the family vloggers in these scenarios are, in my opinion, the biggest victims of all of it. So when did this all start, this family show stuff, at least with YouTube? After spending over a year focused on growing the user community and rolling YouTube out globally, in 2008, YouTube turned its focus on creating advertising formats that helped our growing partner community make money from their content on the site. Advertisers also saw an opportunity to connect one of the largest online audiences in the world. After a year, the DoubleClick acquisition had closed, enabling Google to leverage DoubleClick to build an advertising ecosystem on YouTube and beyond that made sense for users, partners, and advertisers. That was a lot of words. I like that. You had a good uh, corporate propaganda voice. <laughs> made Thank sense you. for users, partners, and advertisers i love it i was i pictured like the future they'd be like it's just a lady's voice that's telling you all these horrible things you listen you comply you're like please go back into your cave because the robot with gun for hands is coming to find you like okay thank you (laughs) will do thank you very much and uh, have a good day toodaloo (laughs) um so basically what that's saying is in like dumb ladies terms yeah dumb men's terms give me dumb dumb time that they so YouTube started, at, which notoriously it began after the Janet Nip slip moment in the Super Bowl. That people were trying to find that image so much that the idea of YouTube was created through that, so they could have a space where people could go see that video. It all started from the nip slip. Everything comes from nipples, man. Wow, it's so, milk. You know that thing with the dominoes <laughs> that like this tiny thing and it goes and to the it big goes, one. Yeah. So like Janet Jackson's nip slip, Michael Long abusing his child. Exactly. It goes. <laughs> Just, that's what happens, exactly. (laughs) Straight line, pretty much. I mean, kind of. So they started, and then as they were growing into this very popular place for people to go, by 2008, they had turned it into this thing. Well, we have these creators, these really popular views. Maybe we can make a a collaboration with these viewers, and they, they can 
make money while we make money and people can advertise just like, you know, fucking commercials. Mm -hmm. And that in theory, it sounds cool at, at first glance. It's a way for individuals to make money without having to go through, you know, pitching to a corporate network and, oh yeah, you know, oh, just going directly into their pockets. Dealing for with their Dan content. Harmon. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They don't have to do that. So it's sometimes it's better uh, just to be able to do it on your own. And that idea is like, oh yeah, that sounds, maybe at first glance it'd be like, oh, someone pure and innocent like myself <laughs> might think that, oh, it's cool. I'm sure that the most enjoyable, hardworking, creative, talented channels will be the ones that get the biggest views and they deserve to make money, mm. which is sometimes true. I mean, are our ancestors right? Were they right the whole time when they said like TV's the devil, it rots your brain and like, no, you too know, late. it's too late. It's already integrated. The devil's in us and like mirrors in there. I think of like no mirrors. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, though, they also just hung women for that's you know, true. being gay. So you're a witch. That's true. They're straight, true. by the way. It's great. <laughs> somewhere yeah. in the middle. Again, somewhere in the middle. Can we just like swing right in the, in the center somewhere. Um, <laughs> but what we've really come to recognize over the last decade plus is that hate watching, cringe watching, disgust watching, they're, they're also quite a money draw. Oh, those people that make the food on their counters? Yeah. That is hate watch. It is. And I watch the whole fucking video yeah. and I want to leap through my phone and strangle all of them. <laughs> and they're making cash off they're it. They're making so much money. Which that, to me, that that's relatively, it's obnoxious. It's very wasteful, but it's less harmless than some of the other things we're going to talk about. Yeah. But it's stupid. Uh, they're definitely what, not what I would call the most creative talented no. side of this but that's just how maybe that's some my, people think that is art my favorite is the commentary like oh that looks good <laughs> and she's like dipping her hand in a bat of ranch <laughs> and it's always like you know pretty hot lady yeah yeah so we've discovered through this and through reality television really that this is you know, negative attention is all still attention narcissism um yeah and so not only that but it seems like whether or not the first people to share the details of their children's lives had innocence or even the best of intentions, once it became clear you could literally become rich from doing this, parents started, they globbed onto it, man, certain parents. They started posting this pseudo wholesome, filtered, overly designed, full house-esque nonsense pretty damn quickly, which then also kind of spiraled pretty fast into the other side of just showing the worst of it and being like, we're real. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the, I've definitely know some families that are like perfect on Instagram. And I'm like, your husband just cheated on you. What are you doing? What's going Not on, on the internet. Not on the Everything's internet. Everything's great. Here. Everything's perfect on the internet. So alternately, the censorship on YouTube was rudimentary and still kind of is banning things like nipples and you know, sexy stuff, but not really putting in place anything about what weird, creepy stuff produced for kids was considered acceptable or about kids. Mm. It was more of a puritanical outlook, like, you know, porn and keeping, you know, keep the decapitations to rotten.com, not YouTube. We are a family channel. But then, you know, then you have things like the dad who had a successful channel, quote unquote, pranking his two very young daughters, showing them choking on food, peeing themselves, crying, throwing up, etc. That was A-OK -okay for over five years. What? Before YouTube did anything about it because people were freaking out. They were like, I don't 
this seems b- wrong. Am I crazy? Is this, this seems wrong to me? Ugh, peeing um, her, s- and we're all watching. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, he goes to jail. I don't think he. I think he was. He had definitely had to shut his channels down. Yeah, I'm like such but, a non-jail person. I'm like, you know, we can all work on ourselves. But I come in here and do this show, and I'm like, they go to jail, and I they mean, go to jail, they I think, get executed. I think the people we talk about should be off of the streets somewhere for safety reasons, and people who maybe had a drug charge should not be in jail. Maybe yeah. we should have the people who are actually completely dangerous off the streets and not just like random people in prison for their lives. You yeah, know what just I mean? a little gram of weed. Yeah. So off to jail you go. Yep. Check out Last Prisoner Project, by the way. It's a great organization. And then quickly, I'm just going to say, one of the first families considered to be a successful vlogging channel was the Shaytards. <laughs> that sounds like an insult. I know. You Shaytard. I, I know virtually nothing about them, <laughs> including why their channel is called Shaytards because their last name is Butler. Um, I'm not going to spend any time finding out because I do not care. No. They started their channel in 2008, right around the same time that the people could start making that fat cash. Mm. As far as vloggers' channels go, the crises amongst their family are limited to the dad sexting with an adult film star and being an alcoholic. Mm. And compared to a lot of these other parents, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, Sorry. she's an adult. Yeah, she's a grown up. He cheated. Okay, He's sure. He's just being a dick. Their reported net worth, by the way, which may not be entirely accurate. This is just reported on the internet, but is roughly $25 million All right. from this mostly vlogging. I should start vlogging. $25 million. Yeah. I mean, but you got to have an angle. I don't have any kids. Who wants to watch a childless woman walk around her house? <laughs> I think a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just got to find that angle. All right. All right. You don't even have to do sexy. You could just be like, dinosaur lady. Yeah. I just talk about dinosaurs all day. Yeah. And you wear a dinosaur costume. <laughs> you would probably find an audience for that. Absolutely. So yeah, the essentially the, the crux of this is that the parents mostly there, you can say that the directly the $25 million or so, however much they're worth, came from directly videoing every day of their children's lives for years. So, you know, some other people got to get their hands on some of that. Oh, yeah. So Michael Long's story doesn't directly follow this series of events. The reason I am bringing all of this up is that he used a very similar formula in which it was, in fact, a person who studied social media and media marketing back in the day, which was something that uh, was revealed online afterwards. Oh, interesting. Just another little piece of information. Yes. But what did he do? Well... Slight trigger warning. I'm not going to get too graphic, but this is upsetting. Uh, in August of 2020, a then unknown Michael Long uploaded an extremely disturbing 20-minute video that he says is him trying to coax his nine-year-old daughter into the car to do a custody exchange with her, the daughter's mother. His daughter is in extreme stress in the video. There is absolutely no arguing that and does not want to go to her mother's house. In this video... She then further goes on to claim that her mother's boyfriend has been abusing her sexually. Again, it's extremely distressing. This is followed by footage of the girl's mother, whose name is Kelly Long, and Kelly Long's mother, so the girl's grandmother, trying to coax this girl out of the car at points getting somewhat physical with her. It's bad. I think at one point she says, uh, I woke up to blood in my panties. Very, 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 very um, extreme things. She's screaming, help me. 
at certain points. So I've been following this story, this case, since it almost the beginning of it being public. And I managed to do so without ever looking at the girl's face. I didn't, in fact, watch the video until I was beginning to write this episode. So I just had a basic transcript of it and a breakdown of what happened. That's good, because the video was the first thing I saw. And then I fell for it. Yeah. And, and the reason I didn't want to is it felt weird to me. And I'm sorry, I just immediately told you to go look at it, Amber. But it felt weird to me that under any circumstance, that this child's face was being shown in this manner. So I could get the gist of it without seeing it. You know what I mean? I have now watched it to be thorough for y'all if I'm going to do this episode. I'm not going to post any of it here or on socials, mainly for the reason I was unsettled by it in the first place, other than what the girl is saying. It's a full 20 minutes of this girl's face yeah, and her having a very emotional reaction. People have argued that this was a desperate father's last resort, that he couldn't get people to listen to him and he was doing what he had to do to get authorities to hear him. Yeah. It also doesn't hurt that he's he's not my type, but he is attractive. Yeah. He has a cowboy hat and a pinky ring and tight-fitting jeans and boots. And I can see girls just throwing pussy at him. He's attractive. A nice smile. Yeah. And and that will play a part in this. Yeah. And also, like, he he has a whole, like, custody. You know, it all goes to the women and courts are for the women, which that's true. But he uses that for his thing. Right. He actually, yeah. And we'll talk about, too, he he does in... I keep involved. jumping the shark. No, no. <laughs> I, it's a very insane story. So, yeah, eventually yeah. does get father's rights activists involved. But so people, you know, they said maybe this is a little unconventional, but he didn't know what else to do because she's saying these things. Regardless. It's a man at the end of his rope. He's doing what he's got to do. Right. She's safe with her daddy. Yes. So. Regardless of all of that, something about this decision and the videos I watched of the dad, which because I watched him during all of this unfolding, felt just off. It felt off to me. That's just an opinion and a feeling. That doesn't mean that's... It did feel off. Because I remember the line that I woke up to blood in my underwear. Girls don't say... It doesn't seem like something a little girl would say. I don't know. It just felt weird. Yeah. And I'm going to preface any more before we say anything else. I'm in no way, shape, or form accusing this little girl of lying. No. We'll get into what this could actually... If if it maybe didn't exactly happen this way, some of the ways that this could have happened. But I want to stress that this is a nine-year-old girl, and I don't ever... She is not lying, regardless of she feels this way. I know that this is not her just making a story up. No, no, no. And I um, didn't mean to say like she's a liar. No, no, no. no, no of no, course, no. It's just uh, I, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. It, 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 it feels unusual to say the least that a nine-year-old says some of the things she says. Yeah, doesn't mean it's not true. And I was watching another like YouTube video and this guy was like, "I'm a child psychologist. I see her scratching her arm like that. That's a reflection of her." anxiety and that's not something you can coach and I was like wait a minute is this guy a child psychologist and I looked up he's just some fucking YouTuber yeah that's and another also, thing with the internet people can just lie hey I'm a lawyer there you go I'm a lawyer now right which is why you always have to cross-reference everything everything um but also that's weird logic because she clearly was anxious no matter yeah. what like she was freaking out She's freaking out so I didn't have any horse in this race I just this came across 
one of, you know, as I do research for this kind of show, this is something that popped in and I felt weird about him. And that's, you know, again, that's just how I felt. It doesn't make it true. But after watching the, finally watching the full video, my feelings definitely haven't changed. Now, my concern is for this kid, but the outrage, of course, from somebody posting this very upsetting, alarming video of a child in distress, the outrage was immediate. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. It's heart-wrenching to watch. Yeah. No matter your opinion, this is a very distressing video. I don't even, you know, if you want to watch it, go ahead. But I recommend looking at it through um, other, you know, like the sun or something, just because they take the time to blur the girl's face out, which something her father didn't give her. It's just her full face saying the worst things you could imagine. Yeah. So, and then it gets a lot worse. (laughs) So I was able to learn mostly everything about this case from some journalism. And again, not a lot of mainstream media picked it up because it's like, oh, it's YouTube drama. And then, you know, through trusted commentators, social media, news, stuff like that, mostly places that reported on her were sort of rags, but they still, like I said, blurred her face out (laughs) respectfully. Uh, Initially, of course, pretty much everyone who saw it was horrified, demanded the police remove her from her mother's care. Yeah. But then as time went on, Michael Long's behavior made some people start to question what was happening here. Yeah, it's such an immediate, just like, <gasps> and then you're just like, and then slowly thinks, because I was researching this case and it was like slowly little bits and pieces. I was like, wait a minute, why does he have a restraining order against his son? Right. And like the other, because there's other kids in the family and they're with the mom. Right. But for some reason, the little girl isn't. Yeah. And, and there is a level of mudslinging on both parents' sides that, you could argue is or isn't relevant, but there are parts of his life that I consider relevant to this yeah. issue because it's the court of Natalie. It's the court of Natalie. <laughs> what Natalie says does. I picture your gavel having like a pink ribbon on it. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, Legally Blonde. Yes. My grandma was like, bless, bless her soul. I was such a scumbag as a teen, but she still saw me as this like... She saw me in like this, you know, positive light. And so when I got into a college in Baltimore, it was like a liberal arts private college. It's kind of fancier than my family's used to. She told me she I was the same as Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. And she got me monogrammed bed sheets and stuff. And That's so like, sweet. Grandma, I love you. I, I'm glad you don't know who I am, truly. Oh, that's so um, sweet. It's very sweet. loves you. I know, I miss her. So after some time passed, people started having a little bit of some questions. So first off, when you go to this horrific video, there's a link to a GoFundMe with a goal of 25000 which... It is weird that there's a screaming child and he's like, give me money. Yeah. At best, that's poor judgment. Um, yeah. And poor, yeah, just not... Maybe the best thing to do, which, but okay, you're in a crisis. This is, maybe this is a thing that's an emergency. You need court fees. I get it. You need to raise some money for that. I kind of get it. I sort of get it. The GoFundMe, as expected, goes off like gangbusters. What does that mean? What does gangbusters mean? No idea. I don't know where that came from. Uh, Hopefully it's not some terrible place. But the GoFundMe went exceedingly well for Michael Long. 
at the time which the court requested it to be closed to donations, which did happen, it was at $212,276. And as the court requested it, he would have kept it going. For sure. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. No, he, he was told to close it. But that's when it starts to get even more weird. Michael begins to cultivate these online communities, uh, primarily on Facebook, but yeah. other places too. I was looking at the communities on Facebook, and um, a lot. And I hate to say this, but a lot of people commenting and on his side that are still like, "I stand with Sophie." They're mostly women yes. of childbearing age. Mm-hmm. It does seem that way. And I hate saying that, and we're speculating, but it does. I clicked. I clicked on their profiles, and I looked at them, and I was like, "Oh, okay." It does seem that way. Attracted to him. It does. And didn't you say that he he dated one of them? Yeah, we'll get there. He, <laughs> she he, just like, he is current, actually. She's she's also missing along with him. Oh, All three cool. of them are missing. And didn't you say the ex-wife walked in? She was just like in pajamas and he's like, okay, you got to go now. I'm he, with this Facebook commenter. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that will come up in a little bit. Um, Wow. Yeah. So let's go back just really quickly and rehash here. This makes me want to date an ugly guy. <laughs> I got to be dating these ugly dudes. I mean, handsomeness is all and attractiveness is all a perspective. It's anyway. relative. Yeah. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. So backing up, so July 13th, 2020, before any of this became fodder, police opened an investigation into the alleged sexual abuse as reported by Michael Long in regards to his ex-wife's current boyfriend. This was about a month before he made that video and uploaded all of it to YouTube. The following month, he puts that video out. Again, the backlash is immediate and it becomes a full pitchfork mob online. People immediately find out where the child's mom and boyfriend live. Again, he's the alleged perpetrator and he is known by Mr. Jake on these videos. The death threats start coming immediately. The stalking starts coming. The family, Kelly Long, the mother and her children are forced to move out and into a hotel which then has to be guarded by police. Amidst all this, Michael and Kelly, again, the parents, are in the middle of a custody battle. All of this social media exposure explodes at the same time that they're in and out of these court hearings. So they're also trying to have normal court hearings about deciding where the kids are going to go 
over Zoom because there's also a pandemic happening. So stressful. And now the public has been put into the middle of this. So many things happened during the pandemic that I have no idea because I was just like baking bread and scared for my life. (laughs) I am sorry to (laughs) now talk to you about all the horrible shit that happened. But it's, you know, it's like people get when they're home, they start to go crazy a little bit. They start to get bored. Yeah, yeah, It makes sense that a bunch of really weird random shit happened. Again, I'm going to reiterate, as Michael Long opens this police report, he and his wife are in the middle of a custody battle. That doesn't mean it's not true, but it is right when he first starts making the accusations against her boyfriend. Mm. Kelly's boyfriend, Mr. Jake, he loses his job. And in fact, from what I have gleaned from the internet, the business he was employed at actually had to shut down because of the backlash even wow. though he was just employed there. Because it's just so many people with nothing to do. Yes. And it's also a child's involved. And if you see the video, like, yes. I wanted to go out and get him, you know? Right. Which is what happened when this video came out. People lost their minds. In the same time period, that late summer, early fall of 2020, Facebook groups are popping up that Michael is participating in or running. He continues to update strangers on the case often involving sharing private information about his daughter, including a Zoom call between him and Sophie while she was with her mom. He puts that out for people to watch. Again, I haven't seen this video, nor do I want to. I've just seen transcripts and read details about it. He uh, he essentially, now that he has involved strangers, during this time period, whenever all of this is coming out, Kelly technically has custody over their children. She has two brothers, two with him, and they are largely ignored through all of this. So as Kelly is getting all these death threats, they have to move to a hotel. They have police guarding them. But still legally, Michael is allowed to see Sophie over, like have talks with her. Yeah. And so he's recording them his conversations with his daughter, and then posting them to these groups. Again, these private moments. Mm -hmm. During this time, you know, Kelly is hiding with her daughter and Sophie's brothers. And Michael, during this hotel stay, Michael tells authorities via, according to his daughter, that multiple men have been assaulting her in the hotel room. This is the hotel room that's been being guarded by police officers. Wow. And it already looks bad that they're in a hotel room, but you got to be because people are wanting to kill them. The child is unable to identify these men, but says one of them was, quote unquote, Mr. Jake, the name, you know, they used for Kelly's boyfriend, who was already court ordered to stay away from the children due to this public outcry from the video. So before they could prove anything one way or the other, they basically said, Mr. Jake's got to leave. You can't be near the kids while we figure this out. Yeah. So this is a lot for these kids. They're in a hotel. Yes. Guarded by police. Yeah. Videos online. It's already too much. I thought I had a crazy childhood being born in Saudi Arabia and moving here. <laughs> yeah, you was. <laughs> you did, though. You had a pretty crazy childhood. Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. So Michael's coming out with these new accusations during which there's a bunch of really invasive medical examinations that Michael is insisting on 
Sophie receiving, which in itself is very traumatic. Yeah, a um, doctor doing all that. To she's nine. That's so gross. Uh, That's again like too much for these kids. Yeah, and we shouldn't know anything about this. And I'm only saying it because I, you know, I need you to see the scope of this story because the video alone is very disturbing. And but it, there's a lot going on here, and now she is. Missing. He's missing with this man. With her dad. Put these videos out. Yeah. So on September 3rd, there's a court hearing between Michael and Kelly regarding custody that had been planned, had nothing to do with this video or the social media out backlash. And things are just a hot mess. You can watch most of that hearing online, which I have. It's pretty wild. Like there's no children involved. You just, you, it's just the parents. So I still feel kind of slimy even observing it, but. It does offer context. Yeah. Um, in this court hearing, Kelly's lawyer tells the judge that she has CPS in the Zoom waiting room who would like to testify that Michael is mentally unstable and the children might be in danger at his house. This case, by the way, it was just supposed to be a run-of-the-mill custody battle. This was not supposed to be part of all of this. So none yeah. of this evidence was presented professionally beforehand. The judge looks completely flabbergasted because she is now receiving death threats regarding this. She's like, bitch, I don't know you. I don't know what's going on. This stuff wasn't part of the hearing until the internet tried to kill me. Yeah. Um, Too much. Yeah. This judge actually recused herself from the case due to the ongoing death threats she was receiving. And she's just like, I was just thought we were, this is a private custody hearing. Um, and now I've just got like thousand people telling me they're going to shoot me in the head. Whoa, because she didn't know about the internet thing. Mm -mm. I mean, I didn't know about this case. She heard it. Essentially, you can watch on the trial. She's sort of just like, wait, what? Okay, so what's happening? And the what? Like both lawyers are saying all this crazy shit. And she's just like, uh, okay, well, we're going to need an evidentiary hearing, I guess. Yeah. I guess this is not a... Open and shut case. YouTube videos. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a few days later after that case, the judge granted temporary full custody to Michael because of the accusations from this video after they sort of reviewed a bunch of stuff. And it was the video and then this thing about the other men in the hotel room. It was like out of a, a sense of precaution that she go back to Michael during mm -hmm. this. And all of the people who were supporters of his at this point, this is like the rejoicing moment. There's the these part. really exploitative videos they made of her running into his arms for the first time, very cultivated, really weird that then they would just post everywhere. And um, That's so weird. It's I cannot ex overly express how disturbed I feel every time I hear him talk. And that is, I, I want to end it here because we're going to go into the way this whole thing has spiraled since yeah. September of last year. She's with her father now. But according to the judge, you're just like, what do you mean about the hotel room and the men coming through and this? Yeah. I guess just give it to her father for now. Yeah. So, so we can like pursue this. Yeah. See what's going on. Because these are really, really intense accusations. Yeah. Um, which, again... I have no idea whether or not any of this happened, specifically, especially Mr. Jake. Uh, yeah, we don't accusations. know. This could have happened. However, 
what Michael has done is also abuse. And I was kind of taken aback at how many people who clearly felt for Sophie and who maybe had their own sexual assault experiences and felt connected to her rallied to her, but then also participated in abusing her along with Michael. Yeah. But that the cognitive dissonance there was so strong that they wanted to help her by then consistently also abusing her in a way. And I know that we didn't get too deep into it, but it goes further than this. It gets a little wilder. Um, This story is... I don't even know because it was just like flinging mud everywhere. And I was like, where do I even start? Right, It's confusing on purpose. It is. Yeah. And, and specifically because they decided to include the public and social media in it, it made the case a thousand times. If this was something that happened to this little girl and this is the pathway her father chose, it made everything a lot worse. It definitely didn't help. No end this or protect her. No, it's like this This case doesn't have like a linear time because I feel like the internet isn't very linear. It's just kind of like all together now. So there's nothing, there's not like a storyline here. It's hard to follow. Yes. So I'm mostly trying to stick to this in this story. I'm mostly trying to stick to the things that we can verify at least pretty assuredly. Uh, I'm, I don't want to dwell in the gossip end of it too much because... Ooh, there's a lot of stories from both both oh, parents, yeah. the, the people involved, the circle around them, the people who are moderators on there. Yeah. There's a lot of shit and a lot of it's not really important. And there's a lot of people that, again, they lie. It's like, oh, I, I used to be a child psychologist. No, you weren't, sir. You just lie, lie, lie. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's people, because I go through these Facebook, it's weird to like do research on Facebook, but, um, you know, I'm going through these comment sections and people are calling the police and they're posting like phone calls with the police on there, it yeah. all gets so intimate. And at what point does the intimacy, like, does my life start and the computer stop, you know? Right. And and are you helping or hindering this? Yeah. And I'm an entertainer saying this, yeah. but like sometimes I shut off my phone and go garden and it makes yeah. me peaceful. For sure. Yes. Please don't listen to us all the time. <laughs> um, go on a hike. Yeah. And, and so even though we're going to go deeper into this case unless you know fingers crossed they find her this week i don't know if i'll continue on with this story because i don't there's no reason to just go be a child Yeah. yeah but in the meantime i am going to post the missing information because we want to find her her full name is sophia Elise long she is five feet tall she weighs 95 pounds. She's currently 10 years old. That's tall. Blue eyes, five feet. Yeah. I don't, I think, I think I was, I'm five eight. I think I was taller than that at 10. Yeah. I forget that kids grow really tall, really quick, like a plant. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, we hopefully can, this is the time when she would change physically a lot because she's going to be in her tweens. So hopefully this she's doesn't. She's found before she's like 18. And yeah. Like, so her eye color is blue. She is Caucasian. Pretty fair-skinned, blonde hair. She was last seen in Guadalupe, Texas. She was last seen on 7-12-2021. Missing juvenile is believed to be with her non-custodial parent, Michael Long, and maybe en route to Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Mexico, or Argentina. 
Michael Long is possibly driving an off-white 2010 Ford Edge SUV or a gray van with blacked out windows, an NRA sticker, and a black rack on top. Missing Juvenile has a small burn mark on one of her arms. You know, obviously, if you see them, don't approach them. Don't try to talk to Michael or Sophie. They're also with another woman named Alisa, um, who is his girlfriend. If you are by chance able to come across somebody you think might be them, you can contact Missing Persons Clearinghouse. At, it's the Texas Department of Public Safety. It's P.O. Box 4087, Austin, Texas, 78773. Their phone number is... And also don't call just to ask because the, yeah. the phone lines are getting clogged up with people being like, is she found? Yeah, please don't reach out to them unless you actually feel like you might be able to identify them somewhere or like at least point the police in yeah. the direction of where you think you saw them. The phone number is 512-424-5074. And their helpline is uh, 1-800-346-3243. So, you know, if you live in that part of the country, just keep a little bit of an eye peeled for them. I'll, I'll post up their pictures on uh the, the socials, but also you can find them by Googling Michael Long and Sophie Long. And uh, yeah, he's considered at this point potentially dangerous, but just regardless, you, you don't talk to them. Just just call. And uh, yeah, he there's a chance he's threatened to take them out of the country before he speaks Spanish. So that's why they're saying Mexico and Argentina. Mm. So let's hope that she's found this week and in that video of her, despite it being sort of wrong for her dad to to do this in this way, it could be the truth. It could be the truth. We don't know. However, I, I want to talk about the other things that this video could mean historically that even though it elicits this really strong reaction that there are other things that we, we've seen through psychology and sociology and history that this doesn't necessarily make it true. It might be true, but we don't know simply from this. And we can point to other instances where similar things have happened. So, yeah. And let's look at all the things in the case, yes. stuff on him. And also, I would encourage people to, like myself included, fact check everything. Don't trust some guy on YouTube that says, oh, I'm a child psychologist. I think the problem, too, nowadays, this, this is also a QAnon thing, is when people say, do your research. But when most of those people say that, they're, what they're saying is keep going until you find the thing that you want the internet to say and then go, see, I did research because I found the thing that I already thought about yeah. this. So um, many times I'll be like doing research and I'll find something I agree with and I'll be like, see, it came from this college. And then like my friend Ed looked into it and he was like, Amber, the college went, went defunct in 1998. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit. For sure. It's like that even with like very innocent things, like, you know, people will post something on Instagram and be like, this fun fact, this guy did this. Can you believe it? And then you look into it a slight bit and you're like, oh, that's not real. That's an happen. It's not real at all. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you can legally call yourself a doctor. I looked it up. I mean, I think I'm right. But yeah, you can just be like, <laughs> I'm a doctor and I'm not a doctor. Don't do any research. Just trust what we said about it. <laughs> As the famous quote from Abraham Lincoln, don't trust everything you read on the internet. And that's how we're going to end today. Um, I am 
at the Naughty Jean, and you can follow us at someplace underneath. Amber? I'm Amber Smelson, all across the board. And uh, we're here, as always, saucy and pert, um, being a dangerous, sensual woman. Hell yeah, I love it. Stay greasy, guys. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.